Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And he called to him his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out to heal every disease and every affliction. This is our text today, the brothers and sisters in Christ. Today is the third Sunday after Pentecost. This church season is characterized by our Lord's God's rich, rich blessings to us. For the Israelites, it is a celebration of harvest in the promised land and God's redemption of them from the hand of the Egyptian. More importantly, it is a season for the celebration of our Lord's most precious gift of his Holy Spirit to all his people for the sake of his church and the whole creation. The gift of Holy Spirit is by definition a gift from the Lord. Since it is a gift, it is not earned, it is received without pain. In last week's gospel, Pastor Beck preached about our Lord's surprising calling of Matthew, a singer, a tax collector, serving a foreign government, and himself. Jesus, Jesus plainly gave his reason for the call. For I cannot call the righteous, but sinners. This is the purpose of Jesus' calling of Matthew, the tax collector and sinner. God's steadfast love and mercy for the whole world and his people. But the fundamental question still remains. How could such a sinner, such as Matthew, be transformed into our Lord's one of his first 12 disciples? to preach our Lord's kingdom and his royal rule and reign in this world before the governors and the kings, to have the authority to cast out the unclean spirits, to heal all disease and afflictions. This is an impossible task for all human beings. Perhaps Matthew, the tax collector's immediate response to Jesus' calling and following him does not necessarily mean that he understood the challenging nature of Jesus' calling, being Jesus' disciple. Our gospel today gives us a sure and certain, certain answer. The answer cannot be located within the quality of Matthew's psyche, or his spiritual quality, or his personal righteousness. This is a wrong-headed direction. The gospel text does not tell us so. On the contrary, our gospel text is the diametrical opposite of what most people would have imagined. And he called to him his 12 disciples, and give them authority over unclean spirits 
to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. This call originates from Jesus. The authority comes from the divine calling line. So the call is divine. The authority with this call is not based on any human tradition or the hierarchical structure of bureaucracy or social status. No, the authority comes from the identity of who Jesus Christ is. The son of Mary, the son of man, the son of David, the son of God, the Lord of Sabbath, and the Lord of Harvest. He, Jesus Christ, is God's steadfast love, faithfulness, righteousness, and redemption for us all. He is the one who teaches as one having authority, not as those scribes. Today's Old Testament lesson of Exodus 19 exactly reflects the essential logic of our gospel text, Jesus calling his 12 disciples and sending them out for the sake of his salvation and the gospel for all the people. Before his calling of Israel as holy people and his promise of Israel's priestly kingdom, the Lord God, first of all, delivered Israel from Egyptian slavery and redeemed them from their bondage of sin. The Lord heard their cry, and God called his son Israel from Egypt. He purchased them with the precious blood of God's land, the Passover land. The Lord is first of all Israel's salvation and redemption. The Lord asks nothing from Israel. Instead, he gives abundantly. He loves without end. His steadfast love endures forever. He became their savior and redeemer. Their salvation and redemption is a pure gift from the Lord God. The Lord created Israel from their baptism into Moses in the sea. Until then, did God call Israel and send them as his missionary to the land of Canaan and his all crea whole creation. God's calling of Israel to be his holy people and his priestly kingdom seemed to be challenging from a human perspective. To some extent, Israel's tragic history of the Babylonian exile did support this kind of pessimistic view of Israel's calling and mission. But one fact always remains true. God's word stands forever. God keeps his word and his promise, though human beings act otherwise. 
God's calling Israel to be the Lord's holy people and singing them out as his priestly kingdom is not merely God's legalistic demand from Israel. What God asks, he provides. God's calling on Israel to be the Lord's holy people and is singing them as his priestly kingdom in this world is ultimately God's gift. The northern state of Israel fell and the southern kingdom of Judah was conquered. But a shoot shall come forth from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. It is he, this Davidic young shoot and branch, who would make Israel the Lord's holy people and his priestly kingdom with his blood and life. God calls and God sings. The calling is holy, and being sent as God's priestly kingdom in this world is a truly daunting task. But the author of the calling, a holy people, and singing his priestly missionary would provide everything necessary for this holy and noble task and the office of being God's chosen people. Sin, death, and Satan wish to devour God's beloved people, but God never ceases caring about his priestly people. He works salvation for his people through his words, his law, his promise, his prophets, his priests, his judges, his kings, and his son. He called out his holy people, and he gave them the gift, the office of God's priestly kingdom. The people failed. But their Lord keeps this holy people for his reconciliation with his whole creation. This is the Lord's promise, promise to the ones being sent to God's priestly missionary, to God's holy people. Behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. This is the way God works for his people. God saves, God calls, and God sings. He's present with his people for their salvation, their calling, their priestly office of reconciliation. A psalmist preached, Know that the Lord is good, the Lord is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. God's calling Israel to be a holy people and sending them as a priestly kingdom sheds lights on our Lord's calling of his 12 disciples and sending them out as his preachers, workers, servants, and as a holy people. God keeps his words and promises to his people. This is exactly the 
exactly the name of Jesus. He shall save his people from their sins. In today's gospel, in chapters 9 and 10, Jesus called to him his 12 disciples and gave them authority unclean, over unclean spirits to cast them out to heal every disease and every affliction. Like the Israelites in Moses' day, Jesus' disciples are seemingly facing an insurmountable challenge. How could sinners like Matthew and all the other 11 disciples accomplish what Jesus, Jesus entrusted them to do? They were sinners, cowards, deniers, deniers, and traitors like us. But the gospel text is crystal, crystal clear. Jesus' calling and sending is not a human project. The author of the calling is the Son of God, to whom all authority in heaven and on earth has been given. The priestly office of preaching God's kingdom and reign and royal rule is exactly our Lord Jesus Christ's office. He came to us to reconcile us with the Father, not by revenge and violence, but with his precious price of his blood and life. He redeemed us and all his creation back to God the Father. He paid this precious priestly price of life as God's own son, a price of death on the cross. He took our illnesses and bore our diseases, diseases. He didn't simply heal us. He took our illnesses and bore our diseases. He declared us to be his children through our baptism into Christ. We were once dead, and but now alive. We were once God, we were once God's enemies, but are now his people and friends. Christ on the cross reconciles us and the whole creation to God. The kingdom of heaven, God's reign and rule, comes into this world in its perfect form in Jesus from Nazareth. Jesus has done all the work of salvation for his 12 disciples. He's their savior, their preacher, their kingdom of heaven, their king, their authority, their help. He's the most precious gift to these 12 disciples, including Judas. Jesus' 12 disciples had the most, had the noblest and easiest job to do. 
because their master has already finished all things for salvation, for them, for all. I cannot imagine these 12 disciples' response other than praise, other than praise from their heart. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Dear friends in Christ, how holy and beautiful our God's calling Christians, each of us Christians. This is the Christian calling, a calling from God, a calling defined by Christ's life and sacrifice and God's steadfast love. This is the meaning of the Christian singing, the Christian mission. Christ is the most precious gift in our life as Christians. This gift makes everything new. It creates faith in God and love for our neighbors. It creates godly parents, godly fathers, godly mothers, faithful preachers, and devoted servants of God and fair governments. In Romans chapter 12, our apostle Paul responded to God's love and salvation for both Israel and the nations with these beautiful words. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable worship. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.